Welcome, friends. Welcome, fans, to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I will be going over Wrestle Kingdom 16 Night 1, which was an amazing card from start to finish. And then right after this podcast episode is going to be Night 2 of Wrestle Kingdom and more New Japan Pro Wrestling, MLW stuff. So stay tuned. I will say, though, that I will not be reviewing New Japan Pro Wrestling versus NOAA. I do not have enough information on the NOAA wrestlers and the company as it stands currently because I haven't really been keeping up with it. Like I said in my previous episodes that I've watched Pro Wrestling NOAA all the way back in the day when I first saw Kenta arrive to Ring of Honor and Ring of Honor and NOAA had that partnership back in the day. It's really difficult to try to keep up with all the subscriptions that these wrestling sites have. But I did get to watch Noah versus New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I will say that it was a really cool event where I hope that they do it again. But this time include the foreigners of New Japan Pro Wrestling to have matches with these guys and have these fantasy matches. I really wish that in the future going forward that we continue to have New Japan Pro Wrestling versus Noah, New Japan Pro Wrestling versus All Japan, like a lot of cool fantasy matches for us, the fans. So we can definitely be like, this is really cool to watch. There was definitely some story elements in there, especially when LIJ was taken on Congo you could definitely feel the rivalry between each of those guys and they really did make LIJ look like a million bucks they really did and vice versa Congo also looked strong too then we had the dream team of Tanahashi and Okada taking on Kaito and Muto and Kaito definitely took a lot of damage. Muto didn't really want to get into the ring with either Okada and Tanahashi. The moment that he did, it was okay, but he allowed the young wrestler Kaito to take most of the damage. But other than that, it was a really nice dream company versus company match. And I really do hope that people enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, you could definitely leave me a comment on Twitter at Marie underscore shadows or leave me a voice message directly on anchor anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast where this episode will be on. Before we jump into my review of Wrestle Kingdom 16 night one, there are some housekeeping notes that I would just like to say to you guys on the beginning of this podcast episode. There is a new way to support me. I usually leave my plugins for the end of the podcast, but since I have your attention, I just want you to know there are new ways to support me, which you could go to www.ko-fi.com forward slash Marie underscore shadows. I have moved away from Patreon because it just doesn't help me as a creator and the many different talents that I can offer. So on Ko-Fi or Ko-Fi, however you pronounce it, someone needs to tell me how you pronounce it. I am allowed to have a shop where I could sell digital items to you guys. Currently in the shop, I have wrestling bingo cards for 2022. Do you guys remember how chaotic 2021 was where everybody was saying, oh, I didn't have this on my bingo card. I didn't have that on my bingo card. I didn't think that was going to happen this year. Well, guess what? We could all play bingo together. And then at the end of the year, we can definitely share what we had on there, what we thought and everything like that. So wrestling bingo cards 2022 are in my shop. You guys can get it for free. Or if you want to throw a couple dollars my way to help me out with the overall brand, to help me get a new website, to help me get new equipment for me to travel to cover professional wrestling. It is up to you. You can pay whatever you want. Yes, you could get it for free, too. But I do encourage you to help me out if you can spare a couple of dollars if you want to. I do have amazing people that have bought some already and they're having fun with it. So do yourself a favor, get yourself either the blank ones or they're already pre-filled in ones. And I still have to work on more to bring to my store. 
I now have commissions open. That means that if you need a wrestling article written about a specific topic, then please head over to the commission tab and commission an article for me to write. And if you need me to do a voiceover for a podcast, a commercial, an ad or anything like that, you could also choose from that too. So commissions are open, shops are open, and you could definitely give me a hug for one time only of $3 or go on a membership tier for $3 a month. It's up to you. I'm still adding stuff to the Ko-Fi page. So your support means everything to me. And this is me being a freelancer to help you guys out when you guys might need extra content. And I have the extra time to deliver an article to you or a voiceover or whatever the case may be. So please check it out. Head over to www.ko-fi.com forward slash Marie underscore shadows, where you can definitely support me on the Ko-Fi page rather than Patreon because Ko-Fi allows my inner creative to fully be expressed. I will be having a longer detailed written article about my changes to going to Kofi and also to just bring you guys up to date with what's been happening the past couple of days. And I will do that on my newsletter. The easiest way to sign up to my newsletter is to go to my Twitter account at Marie underscore shadows, go to my profile, click that subscribe button directly on my profile and your email will be added to the newsletter. So that way, wrestling news, wrestling life, creative life, anything that I'm doing gets dropped directly to your inbox for free. I do not charge for my newsletter. I only charge for my creative content because that takes a lot of time and effort. And I'd rather you have something free to read and then encourage you to support me on the other side. Other than that, all links will be in the description below. So with that, let's jump right into reviewing New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 16 of 2022. This is night one. New Japan Pro Wrestling opens up with the King of Pro Wrestling. 2022 tournament. This was a little confusing in the beginning because I did not understand the rules. I do get that they had wrestlers come out and fight each other in the ring. And when you get eliminated by either pinfall submission or thrown over the top rope, you go to the back and that's it for you. However, As the match was getting closer to the very end and we got to the last four wrestlers, the match was declared over. Those four participants will fight for the trophy in night two, which was very confusing. New Japan likes to do a lot of cool, innovative things, but sometimes it comes across as confusing to American fans, even though we have the wonderful Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton to guide us through the rules like this. But either way, someone that's just tuning in and may not have the money to get the English version, even though the English version was provided on New Japan World. But let's just say that for some reason they were listening to Japanese commentary and, you know, they don't know anything Japanese. They don't understand it. And then all of a sudden they see this and it gets very confusing. But this isn't like a negative or a knock to New Japan at all. Like I'm already used to Japanese commentary that I could pick up on context and clues to know what's what. But this one really threw me for a loop. So they had almost all the wrestlers even some cool surprises because eventually we are going to be celebrating the 50th year of new japan pro wrestling new japan pro wrestling started in 1972 and here we are celebrating 50 years of new japan pro wrestling it is beautiful it really is so they had wrestlers in there like Hinare. I was very glad that he was in there but i still need new japan pro wrestling to put Hinare on a bigger platform in bigger matches because this dude deserves the spotlight 
I know he's going to get his spotlight. I know he's going to become a breakout within like New Japan Pro Wrestling. But we need to have him fight Sonata and settle that one-to-one that they have. I don't understand why the Great Okan had his match with Sonata, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But I'm just saying that like Hinari needs way more better opponents than being thrown in a Kingdom Pro Wrestling tournament. Everyone knows my feelings about the Kingdom Pro Wrestling tournament. Yano had it for a while and I'm just like, oh, it's Yano. Like this dude cheats better than like the Bullet Club members. And I'm like, how come he's not in Bullet Club? But we'll get to that story another day. So I just want Hinari to get the best matches and the best stories and really New Japan Pro Wrestling put a little bit more faith into Hinare because this dude has a lot of charisma that could definitely help with some of the guys in storytelling. Sonata being one of them. Sonata is a very shy guy. Very shy. Someone needs to bring him out of his comfort zone. And the person to do that is either Hinare or Tama. Tama had a very good match with Sonata. Sonata is very good at in-ring storytelling, but when it comes to doing the actual storytelling like outside the ring, he's very quick, straight to the point to his promos, but you need to somehow draw that out so that way the English fans can definitely be like, ooh, I want to see this. The only person that could get away with that on the New Japan roster is Ishii. Ishii could get away with it because his body language is above his promo skills that you're almost like, I want to see this dude kill this person or I want to see this dude like annihilate this person. Like I'm telling you, when Ishii feuded with Jay White, oh my God, that was just the best. Even though Jay White is such a loud mouth and he does everything wonderful, Ishii, on the other hand, can definitely tell the story with his body language. Anyway, let's get back to the Kingdom Pro Wrestling Tournament. So, yeah, they had a lot of guys in there. It was really cool to see. You're rooting for your favorites. I was rooting for Hinare. But imagine if Hinare got the King of Pro Wrestling trophy. Like, I want him to win championships. I don't really take the King of Pro Wrestling trophy serious as anything, but... That would have been cool. It would have been great to have under his accolades and his resume and stuff. But, you know, it didn't happen. So we finally get down to the final four, which is Suzuki, Murder Grandpa, Chase Owens of Bullet Club, Sima, and Yano. Of course, Yano, right? Because Yano always has to get back his baby. But it's Yano. You know, fuck Yano. And again, that is how... The King of Pro Wrestling Tournament ended. Those four are going to see each other in night two. We now get to the opening of Wrestle Kingdom 16, which is Yo versus Show. This has been going on for quite a while. They are no longer a tag team. They are no longer Rapungi 3K. So Show decided to join Bullet Club and they nicknamed him Murder Machine which I'm sorry, he's going to be a walking meme forever. But I just love this dude. He's really good at being the heel and he's really good at cheating because it's very funny how he cheats. He tries, you know, he's very smart, but half the time it's like, okay, show awesome. There's just a wonderful smile that comes to my face whenever like show is out there with House of Torture. He brings a certain element to house of torture because house of torture can be very very overwhelming with the amount of cheating that goes on and it's very cut and dry black and white cheating i'm still trying to find a way to help house of torture not be black and white when it comes to cheating but i haven't really thought of anything new and creative yet i'm still working on it i'm still trying to have people fall back in love with evil But I really think it's Dick Togo that's mainly the problem and how he approaches 
cheating and how he approaches being a heel because we've seen it a thousand times before and this is with bullet club overall we've seen it a thousand times where they go and cheat in order to retain the title progress storylines or even just keep the face of bullet club what it is and what it means however i think it's time to change all that up and it's kind of hard to sort of sit down and be like all right so how else are we going to cheat like how else are we going to do things there's definitely a difference when it comes to god and Jado cheating they barely cheated throughout world tag league and then you have evil with the house of torture who keeps up the shenanigans and in an ordinary storytelling setting this works especially when you guys saw evil and Yudro taking on god and that was very cut and dry straight babyface heel and it works you know it works within bullet club to have that type of conflict where you know you're definitely rooting for god because you know they're the baby faces and they're selling really well while evil and Yudro are doing their thing very perfectly to the t it's just that when it gets to New Japan world and it's on a bigger stage where American fans are watching and even the Japanese fans are watching just to change the approach of how House of Torture goes and cheats will be very great. And also, I think that Evo needs a couple of matches out here in the States He needs to do a tour out here in the States so that way American fans could get used to him. He can do whatever the hell he wants. He could be as evil as he wants over here. And I think that it will be very good. It will get him more brownie points because sometimes I don't like the discourse that people have that they say that evil sucks. Evil is this. Evil is that. And it's like there's potential with evil. But no one is really sitting down to be like, look, we got to think larger than life. We got to think outside the box to transform evil because when he was with lij he had like the very cool gear the very cool story for himself he looked like a grim reaper but now that he is with bullet club there's just a tiny bit difference and the only difference is that he's not as grand he doesn't feel as grand as his name being evil you know aesthetically Evil works for like Bullet Club. Bullet Club is like the outcast members of society that don't really know where they fit. And that should really elevate and help evil. It's definitely elevating and helping Chris Bay, which is a complete opposite of what evil is. But the concept still remains that when certain people come into the fold of Bullet Club, it really helps shape them into the wrestlers that they are and helps shape their stories. Not other teams can do that. You have chaos. Chaos is all over the place. You have Suzuki Goon, which the underlying theme is I'm going to kill you no matter what. I am going to stretch you out and I'm going to make sure that you know, you know who we are, right? They're like the gang of like the streets where you don't fuck with them because you know one way or another you're getting your ass kicked. You have the United Empire, which is basically world domination with all sorts of styles and they blend well together. And then you have LIJ, which they are the very best brotherhood of the factions in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then last, there is the Sekai Goon, which is just like Tanahashi with all of his students and pupils and everyone else that's not in a faction. So this one really translates to regular army. So they're all your favorites. All the baby faces are in this regular army team. So I know I should be focusing on show versus yo, but I just wanted to bring all that up of like, There needs to be a change of how Bullet Club cheats, how Bullet Club tells their stories, especially with House of Torture. And, you know, one day I would just love to talk with Evil and Dick Togo and everyone else to be like, we need to start thinking about how to present Evil in a different way where it's not so overwhelming at this point, where the fans do appreciate the hard work that he puts in the creativeness that he has because i know he has creativeness in him but yeah 
I would just like to do that to try to help out Bullet Club as much as I can, but just to help out wrestlers and wrestling in general, because I thoroughly love this. It's not a gimmick when I say I love what I do. I will say this, though, for show versus yo. Show versus yo is way better than Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black to try to tell the story of evil versus good, light versus dark. You know, this is it. This is show versus yo. That's what it really is. It's about show turning over to the dark side, being Bullet Club, and then yo remaining in the light. You could definitely tell by the different gears that they wear. And yo looks really nice in all white. And obviously show looks really good in all black. Their wrestling ability has definitely turned up a notch. And I really do like the struggle that yo goes through because he knows that this is still like his friend his brother they basically came up together in the dojo system so for yo to experience that betrayal that breakup for Rapungi 3k coming out of nowhere even though i suspected while yo was injured and recovering from a knee surgery that bullet club was definitely whispering stuff in show's ear and then show was tagging along with chaos and being part of chaos and realizing you know he wants a spotlight so why not once yo came back that was it the betrayal happened and i know that somewhere deep down inside yo was having trouble processing the fact that show decided to do that and join the enemy and that's why sometimes yo wouldn't really put 100% behind fighting show yo needed to bring that aggressiveness out of himself and i believe that he did it here in this match because he needs to be a totally different wrestler than when he was before the injury and then coming back from the injury because show already was like ah you know what i'm already this new guy i have these new talents and i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i want yo over here is trying to process everything and that was really stopping his potential but the fact is that he got over on show during the opening of this match this match was great back and forth where Yo was having the upper hand, Sho was having the upper hand back and forth. And then also we have the shenanigans. You can't forget about Dick Togo. Dick Togo is going to invest in any of his assets in Bullet Club. So he decided to basically interfere. And then we have Sho doing snake bite. But Yo managed to get to the ropes to have a rope break. And then... The most upsetting move in professional wrestling is definitely that damn roll-up. Yo managed to do a roll-up while Sho accidentally hits Dick Togo. And that allows Yo to do a roll-up, gets the one, two, three over Sho, and I wasn't expecting it. So guess what? I put that on my wrestling bingo card, which you guys could get for free or pay what you want over at the Kofi shop, which I explained earlier in this podcast episode. I have to have my cheap plugs. So let me be. But yes, that I was not expecting because of how they were going with everything. Show was constantly winning and interfering and getting into the mind of Yo, even with the best of the Super Juniors. Show got eliminated and yo managed to make a hell of a comeback so yeah and previously before best of the super juniors when they had their other matches show was picking up the victory here and there but that's probably due to interference either way i did not have that on my bingo card at all yo picks up the victory over show our second match is a trios match and this is very important because it is story oriented it is tanahashi Rocky Romero, Taguchi taking on Kenta, Taiji, and El Fantasmo. So the story here is that Rocky and Taguchi are a tag team and they're going to be taking on Taiji and El Fantasmo of Bullet Club in night two when they face Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask for their IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship titles, tag team titles. 
So they're doing like a prep before night two. And then Kenta and Tanahashi have a no DQ match for the IWGP United States heavyweight title that Kenta has. And Tanahashi is the light in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He is the angel. Like in New Japan Pro Wrestling, he is sunshine and rainbows and he means well. He's a very positive guy and he always has a very positive outlook. So being in a non-DQ type of match in night two is going to be very weird for him. It's not his advantage. His style is not there. He's mainly, I'm going to get it done in the ring type of wrestler. And so this match is very interesting because we got Bullet Club doing Bullet Club things. And then we have the amazing style of Rocky and Taguchi and Tanahashi. And obviously we could definitely say that this is babyface versus heel. We get into the basics of opening up the match with basic chain wrestling until we get a DDT by Kenta to Tanahashi. And then this is where the match takes a turn in a way. Kenta knows how to deal with a no DQ match, a hardcore match, dealings with weapons. He knows all about that. And so Kenta uses the Kendall stick on Tanahashi giving us a little taste, a little preview of what's going to happen in night two. And so Tanahashi finally gets the candlestick away from Kenta. And this happens by the time the referee is back up because I think the referee went down in this match. And so as the referee is regaining his composure he sees that Tanahashi has the candlestick and tries to take it away from him letting him know that if he uses it in this trios tag team match that's it the match is over and Kenta is baiting him to hit him Kenta is really telling Tanahashi hit me you know you want to do it and so Tanahashi gives in and Tanahashi uses the candlestick and hits Kenta multiple times, causing a DQ for this match and having Kenta, Taiji, and El Phantasma win via DQ. At this point, Kenta has broken Tanahashi. Normally, Tanahashi would never do this. Tanahashi doesn't think that using weapons like this would make sense. Remember, his character is that he's good, he's pure, he's the light, he's the angel. And he always tries to get the fans behind him and give the fans hope during this pandemic that we're all in. And so for Tana to break character like this, this is such a master class to pay attention to if you are an aspiring wrestler. You pay attention to Tanahashi. You pay attention to Kenta. You pay attention to anyone else that can motivate you to tell amazing stories. And when it comes to night two, you guys know that I'm going to go all in with this, especially character development and including the backstage comments. But again, Bullet Club takes this one because Tanahashi gave in to his inner conflict. Our next match is another trios match. We have the United Empire of Great Okan, Will Ospreay, and Jeff Cobb taking on Sonata, Naito, and Bushi. This is to prepare us again for night two when Jeff Cobb faces Naito and the Great Okan faces Sonata. I thoroughly enjoy the United Empire and what they do and the powerful story that they have. And I really do like it. I just don't know why we needed a trios match for night one. But again, it's New Japan Pro Wrestling's booking. And so this match was okay. It was nice. It was nice to see Will Ospreay back in the New Japan Pro Wrestling ring with his IWGP heavyweight championship title. 
We saw the great Ocon and Jeff Cobb start things off early and attack Naito and Sonata. And Jeff Cobb was displaying his and Jeff Cobb was displaying his power against Naito in this match, along with the great Ocon doing his Mongolian chops to Naito as well. Naito finally creates an opening by doing a flying forearm to take out Cobb. LIJ picks up some offense against Cobb and the great Ocon. Naito starts working on Cobb's knee. Sonata comes in and does a paradise lock on Khan. Khan then tries to do the Okana roll up on Sonata. However, Sonata kicks out of that. Sonata then does a leaping drop kick to Great Okan, and then everyone hits their moves on each other. The Great Okan is smart enough to drop down and avoid Skull's end by Sonata. Then we have a pop up power bomb and a cover to Bushi. But Bushi kicks out of this one. However, Osprey gets in, does the hidden blade to Bushi, and then it's one, two, three, and Will Osprey picks up the victory for the United Empire. And he just reminds Shingo and Okada that he is here and he is going to defeat anyone that wins from the main event. Any one of them that comes out victorious, he's going to do the same thing and he's going to win and he's going to stake his claim as the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion like he's been saying all along. And now we have the most interesting and special matches for Wrestle Kingdom 16 Night 1. Shibata versus Ranarita. And this was an amazing match. So at first, during the press conference, Shibata was like, yeah, we're going to have different types of rules where it was no longer a catch style wrestling match where in that style of match, there are no strikes. However, when it came time for this match, Shibata grabs the microphone and he says that the match has changed as now will be a regular wrestling match. So that includes strikes are allowed, pinfalls, submissions, everything you know about a wrestling match is allowed. And he did it without anyone knowing. And so Ren Narita has this look on his face as if it's like, fuck, not another dojo session. Like, I know in the dojo, Shibata be pushing them so hard where they become a better version of themselves as wrestlers. But I know that when Ren found out it was going to be catch wrestling, he was like, okay, good. You know, he could breathe a little bit. But when he changed it to a wrestling match, Ren Narita was just like, damn. But they put on one hell of a match. It was so smooth. It was so nice that I'm not really going to get into the match per se. I basically said that it's a wrestling match and like Ren Narita definitely is one of the best. And I really want to know if like somehow Ren and Shibata are related because they look so similar. They wrestle so similar. And I'm like, look, it's your little mini me. Like, I just want to know if they are somehow related. And... Renarita does a special submission to Shibata, but Shibata gets out of that. And obviously, our winner is Shibata. Renarita put up one hell of a fight. And I really enjoy seeing these guys wrestle. I really enjoy seeing Shibata wrestle. And I really hope that he continues to wrestle and doesn't do anything too grand and too scary and too different because I still worry about his overall health after what happened the last time. So, yes, Shibata won against Ren Narita. It was a very nice special match. I hope to see another match from Shibata again. Our next match is a singles match, and this is for the Never Openweight Championship title. It is Ishii. Defending his never openweight championship title, that same championship title that he took from Jay White at Battle in the Valley, 
which I will one day get to a review of that. Facing evil from House of Torture and Bullet Club, who has the six-man never-openweight championship tag team titles. Now, do you remember that long rant I did, like, almost towards the beginning of this podcast episode, where I was explaining how evil and the House of Torture and Bullet Club need to cheat a little bit better? It's because I did not want to go into the specifics of this match because there was a lot of interference and the story was definitely trying to do like an underdog story where there's so much interference and the fans will eventually get behind Ishii and Ishii is the perfect underdog example, but it was way too much and that allowed Evil to pick up the victory over Ishii and become a dual champion. Why? Why did Evil need the never openweight championship title? You know, I am going to ask a very simple question. If you don't know already, G.O.D., Tamatanga, and Tungaloa are heading to Impact Wrestling January 20th and 21st for tapings, which is amazing. They finally going to be on Impact Wrestling and I am super excited and I am here for it. Jay White is also going to show up on Impact Wrestling. So my one simple question is, is Tama bringing Evil along for the ride? Like, I really think that Evil needs to show up at Impact Wrestling, defend that never open weight championship title. Maybe Jay White get it back. Because I still think that Jay White should have never lost that never openweight championship title to Ishii because it makes no fucking sense. It really doesn't. It felt like an apology type of giving him the championship title because Ishii Goto and Yoshihashi lost the six men never openweight championship titles. And it's such a mess, even though I'm explaining it this way. Either way, Jay White did not deserve to lose that championship title. Ishii did not need that championship title. Evil does not need that championship title. Really, they don't need it except for Jay White, even though I'm happy that Jay White is doing the US of J tour with the whole entire open challenge stuff. Like, I like that kind of thing. Anyway, if this is going to go down in Impact Wrestling, where G.O.D. and Jay White meet up, I really need Japan to send over House of Torture and put up those six men never open weight tag team championships against who should have won it in the beginning of 2021 when they were going after the original holders of Ishii, Goto, and Yoshihashi. So now... I really ask again, is Tamatanga going to bring over Evil to Impact Wrestling? Like, I really don't think Evil needs those two belts. I really don't. I need some of the younger guys, some of the younger talents to hold those championship titles and make it mean something. Because the House of Torture has it under their control, we're, I don't even know if we're going to get like honest matches with Bullet Club tactics in it. I did say before my podcast that Bullet Club cheats better than most teams out there and they know what they're doing. And when you get into the ring with them, you better be prepared for everything and anything. No matter if you're a babyface, heel, anti-hero, like the street in you. If you have some type of street in you, you're going to have to know you have to defend yourself when you're working with Bullet Club. Because no matter what, Bullet Club tactics are the best tactics and that's how they keep most of their titles that's how they keep most of their winnings you know they pick themselves back up even if they lose but they know that they are worthy of anything but i just really need evil not to have those many belts like if he's going to have all those belts he's gonna have to work double time to create interesting stories and not just have one belt fall to the wayside so that's why I'm saying that maybe now is the time for Jay White, Tamatanga, Tangaloa to definitely challenge 
evil Yudro and show for those six man never open weight tag team championships because back in 2021 when they were the hottest thing on the New Japan roster and destroying everyone in their way they never got it and that is a crime so I'm really excited for what G.O.D. brings to Impact Wrestling. I'm really excited for what Jay White is going to bring to Impact Wrestling. We already know that Hikaleo and Chris Bay are doing phenomenal. And they are amazing at Impact Wrestling and also New Japan Strong. And they are going to one day get those tag team title belts off of the Good Brothers because they haven't done shit. Really, they have not done shit. Anyway... This is why I really didn't want to talk about Evil versus Ishii, like going in depth like how I used to, because, again, it makes no sense for Evil to have both championship titles and, you know, management is not going to have him work a double storyline. Again, I will be in my writer's cave trying to think of ways to save Evil, Dick Togo, House of Torture, and just be creative with them. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, even though I like show, you know, show can like challenge evil for the never open weight championship title. So that way he doesn't feel neglected. Like, you know, it's cool. Yeah, you got the six man never open weight championship titles. But if it changes hands to Tom Aloha and Jay White, you know, I feel bad for show because show is the star of House of Torture for me. But yeah, you know trying to spread around the championship belts after that singles match we get a tag team match this is for the iwgp tag team championships we have yoshihashi and goto taking on taichi and zack zaber jr and this match was really good it was nice yoshihashi and goto are definitely a very good team and Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. are also a very good team. And they're very good championship holders of those belts. And this was Yoshihashi's and Goto's time to shine. And they really did. There was some fighting on the outside. And of course, when they get back into the ring, Zack Sabre Jr. comes in with his submissions. And just stretching everybody because he's a master at that. But Yoshihashi manages to get to the rope and cause very multiple rope breaks. And Yoshihashi was very ambitious and very persistent in this match when he's fighting both Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. He put on one hell of a performance. But in the end, this time, Yoshihashi and Goto were way too much for Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr., Yoshihashi and Goto finally won the IWGP Tag Team Championships. And they are the new Tag Team Champion of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And this is a very big deal for Yoshihashi because this would be like his second legit championship win because he carried the six men never open weight championship titles with honor, with pride. But this one is a little bit different. So it hits a little bit different for all the Yoshihashi fans out there. I am a fan of Yoshihashi here and there, but just not overly a fan. But I do appreciate the work that he has put in. It's just that sometimes it's like, change it up, kid. That's all I want. But Yoshihashi is definitely a good wrestler all around. I just need him to change things up. That's it. Now we come to the semi-main event, which is amazing. It is the junior heavyweights taking this spot. And this is because Hiromu and the rest of the junior heavyweights kept fighting for this spot because New Japan Pro Wrestling either puts them on a pre-show or opens up the show with them. And from a business perspective, it's because the junior heavyweights are really super exciting. They are super fast and they are amazing at what they do. However, Hiromu feels like because this is a championship match that they should be on a bigger placement on the card and feel like a big deal and Hiromu definitely got that across to New Japan Pro Wrestling Management and I'm really happy that they are the semi main event and this is Hiromu versus Desperado. Desperado is our IWGP 
junior heavyweight champion taking on Hiromu, who is coming off of his recovery. He injured his shoulder slash bicep area in that part of the body not too long ago. And so he recovered from it. And now it's time for him to get back a championship that he really loves. And you could definitely see that Hiromu loves the junior heavyweights and definitely advocates for them. Everyone else in that division advocates for themselves too. And let New Japan Parase know that the junior heavyweights are really good and they need a little bit more push, a little bit more faith like New Japan Parase has in the other divisions. This was definitely a perfect match and Hiromu always goes into his matches with a game plan. He's wrestled Despy so much that he went into this game plan with he's going to hit him with very powerful attacks, very hard hitting attacks, whether that's either having a chopping exchange that starts everything off like fuck your regular collar and elbows high up. Hiromu and Despy are going to fight for this championship belt. We get a short powerbomb into a triangle choke. After that, we get some backdrops into a suplex and then a cover, not even a one. Desperado's not going to allow Hiromu to take advantage of this. Now we get into the fast pace of this match. And this is basically critical because it's who can make a mistake first. The first wrestler to make a mistake is the one that has the advantage and dictates the rest of this match. We get a Tope Conhilo through the middle rope. And sometime during that same sequence, we also get a sunset powerbomb to the floor. And this is where both men are sort of exhausted at this point and just recovering from the hard hitting action. Then we get a forearm exchange, a spine buster, a spinny pump handle powerbomb, and then Hiromu gets covered by Desperado and Hiromu kicks out. So you can see that there's a lot of powerful moves hit one right after the other. So that way it can weaken any of these wrestlers. Hiromu was banking on the fact of if he charges with enough of these power moves to Despy, that Despy will be very tired. His core will be shot and he won't be able to do much moves that Desperado is known for and Hiromu has the upper hand. The problem with this is Hiromu is exhausting himself way faster and way more than Desperado. Desperado is absorbing all of those powerful attacks and while yes his core will probably his core will probably be weakened but that doesn't mean that Desperado cannot one-up Hiromu with a very devastating roll-up to get the momentum and keep the momentum on Hiromu so he doesn't kick out or that Desperado will start his offense and Hiromu will be way too tired to recover and make a mistake. And the moment that Hiromu makes a mistake, that's it. Desperado can definitely... Desperado can definitely take advantage of that. So while Hiromu was smart to start with a very heavy fight feel important start in this match, it definitely does backfire him to the point where he's definitely tired halfway through. And we could definitely see it when they start going counter for counter, move for move, and what really puts Hiromu away is doing the two Pinche Loco finishers to Hiromu. And that allows Desperado to cover him and get the count of one, two, three and retain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship title. It was a very nice idea from the beginning, a very nice strategy from Hiromu, but Desperado stuck it out. Desperado used his cardio to do that, to last this long. And I think Hiromu just overshot his strategy just a little bit because he wanted that title so bad. He thought it was right. 
it wasn't right on paper, but when you execute it and going really almost the distance with Desperado, you have to think twice. You have to really think differently of how to approach this very important semi-main event. And I definitely know that New Japan Pro Wrestling Management is definitely taking a look at this and probably going to reevaluate what the junior heavyweight division represents and where they're going to be placed on the card because they really did a fantastic job here. Again, Desperado is still our IWGP junior heavyweight champion. And now we come to the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 16 night one. This is Shingo versus Okada. There is a lot of story between Shingo, Okada, and Will Ospreay. A lot of story. Some would say it's very confusing. And I'm here to help you understand the story, even though we're way past Wrestle Kingdom. But for those that want to understand the story a little bit and appreciate all these guys, this is why I'm here. So first of all, let's talk about the match. The reason why Okada versus Shingo is happening is because Okada won the G1 because unfortunately Kota Ibushi dislocated his elbow, his shoulder, like he messed up his arm. And so that automatically allowed Okada to win the G1. The G1 is your golden ticket to fight the champion. And our champion is Shingo Takagi of New Japan Pro Wrestling, even though Will Ospreay will have a different tone about that. So Ospreay had gotten injured and had to relinquish the title, but apparently he took the title with him to the UK to get some home rest and to fix his neck. And then eventually he was clear to wrestle after his neck has healed and he has been parading around as the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion because he was neither submitted nor pinned. Thus, this is why he is the champion and he calls Shingo the interim champion and basically poking the bear with Okada too. So usually after winning the G1, the G1 winner gets a briefcase Okada did not want the briefcase. Okada said, instead of the briefcase, I'm going to bring back the version for IWGP World Heavyweight Championship belt, which is a belt that is loved by all and basically is one of the better looking belts. This new belt that they have, it has grown on me. But again, I really do like the version four. Since Okada was bringing the championship belt back out of retirement, that was his way of saying, this is going to be my ticket, so to speak, his contract, so to speak, for when he defeats Shingo Takagi, which, spoiler alert, yes, I know we're past Wrestle Kingdom, Okada does get a victory over Shingo in their match. It was a very beautiful match. It was a lot of wrestling in their match, a lot of chain wrestling, a lot of different holds. And you could definitely see the level of craftsmanship when it comes to doing the moves and the holds and the maneuvers between these two athletes. And, you know, you guys know me. I like technical stuff more than high flying. Both Shingo and Okada definitely put on one hell of a match where it was all power strikes and counters and mocking. At one point, yes, Shingo did mock the Rainmaker in his pose, and that definitely cost him. Whenever someone mocks Okada, Okada gets like a little bit stronger in his attacks. We got Made in Japan twice, and Shingo went for the cover. However, Okada kicks out of that. There's the pumping bomber and then another cover. Okada kicks out. Okada is not going to lay down for this. Then Okada finally does a Rainmaker to Shingo. However, can't follow up. At this point in the match, both of these guys are exhausted. And I skipped far ahead in my notes. We get a forearm exchange and the crowd is definitely behind these two. They believed in them. We get a sliding elbow to Okada's back. 
to escape the money clip that was going to be eventually attempted to be put on Shingo. We get a DDT off the top rope to Shingo by Okada. Then we also get some power strikes in between of both of them recovering. And it took Okada to do a drop kick and then followed it up with a falcon arrow and then pulled Shingo up by his wrist because Okada has one of the best wrist control games in the game, if I can say it that way, and does a powerful rainmaker. Shingo falls to the canvas. Okada covers one, two, three, and Okada becomes our IWGP World Heavyweight Champion of New Japan Pro Wrestling. The very interesting thing that he does is makes a choice and he calls for the version four of the IWGP belt, the belt of the past, the belt that was supposed to be laid to rest and be combined with the Intercontinental Championship title. So Okada says that they never got the chance to bid this championship title farewell because it's been through so much. It didn't get the proper send off. And I think Okada doing that was the best thing for that belt. And it felt just right, especially to do it at a Wrestle Kingdom event, a Wrestle Kingdom moment for years to come. So he bid farewell to Diversion 4. The fans also bid farewell to it. And then he accepted the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title as the one that he is going to defend and basically put at the forefront for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And of course, Osprey comes out and sort of steals the spotlight in a way and reminds Okada that he's going to be facing him in night two. And so Okada just responds with, okay, fake champion. That was beautiful. And then that's when Okada explains to everybody that he had to put the version four belt to rest in order to officially accept the new championship belt. And that is how Wrestle Kingdom 16 night one ended. It ended on a very good note. So apologies for having this podcast go an hour long. But there was just some stuff I had to get off my chest, especially with House of Torture. And I'm trying so hard to think of ways where they can cheat better, cheat different. Stay Bullet Club, but still do the same shit in a very smarter way. You know, that phrase of work smarter, not harder. That's what Bullet Club should adopt. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Everyone from around the world, thank you for tuning in and listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. The only plug-in that I'm going to do is that if you enjoyed this episode and you are listening to it on Spotify, make sure to drop me a star-rated review. That's right. Spotify is giving away star-rated reviews to their podcast people. That sounded so weird, but you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. Drop me a star rating if you feel that I deserve a star rating. Other than that, make sure to tell a friend, tell them to tune in because we're going to keep covering New Japan Pro Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, and I will be going live soon. Other than that, you will hear this on anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast that will distribute it to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast from, you'll hear it on there. Look out for the YouTube version, youtube.com forward slash square circle podcast. Make sure to hit that bell notification and that subscribe button to never miss an update. 
And also follow me on Twitter at Marie underscore shadows to continue these wrestling conversations with me. And then also one last thing. I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but I'm going to do it again. Head over to www.ko-fi.com forward slash Marie underscore shadows, where you could definitely help me out, help the brand out. And so I can finally get a website so I can give you guys more content, more stuff. I cannot do this without your help. You guys are amazing. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Thank you for supporting, whether it is a retweet, a share, a tell your friend, a comment, anything like that. I really highly appreciate you guys giving your feedback and you guys getting interactive with me as a whole. I am here to celebrate you and to celebrate all of my brand and creativity as well. So it's like a two-way street in a way. I'll get better with these outros, but I think this one was pretty good. All right, ladies and gentlemen. You have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I wish you well in all of your future endeavors. <laughs>